It's time for the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Tom Baker. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another evening of motorsports conversation here on the Performance Motorsports Network. You are listening to the Stock Car Show presented by our good friends at HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can visit them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com or at either of their two locations in Danvers, Massachusetts or here in Mooresville, North Carolina. We are glad that you're with us and we are excited about this show tonight because it's going to be action-packed. In the studio with me, that would be the Race City USA PMN Studios here in Mooresville, North Carolina. Sitting at the round table is Jacob Seelman, the managing editor for RaceChaserOnline.com and my co-host here on PMN Radio. Also seated at the round table with us is Mason Mitchell, the championship car owner and driver. That would be at 20, times. 2014. That's Champion right. car owner and driver. That's about time you get your stats right, Jake. Okay. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I, I've been see? called a lot of things on this show, but don't you dare call my this stats is, wrong. This is why I'm excited about this show. The fireworks already underway here. Mason Mitchell with us. He owns an ARCA racing team, and he sometimes still gets behind the wheel when he feels like it. We're glad to have him back. And joining us tonight for the first time, all the way from California, we are honored to have Blaine Perkins. Blaine is one of Mason's drivers for 2018, and both of them recently back from Daytona International Speedway, where, of course, we had the ARCA test just here very recently. And before we get to the newswire, we'll just kind of open up and talk with these guys for just a moment. First of all, Mason, good to have you back. And from your perspective... How'd the test go down there? Well, thanks for having me, and uh, I'm glad Blaine can make the special trip just to come out here for we the radio show. We are honored to have him come all the way from California to be on the show. I think we need to give him some tow money. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, uh, no, the test went really well. Uh, Blaine's first time at Daytona. He tested at Talladega with us a couple of months back in November. That's right, yep. Same car. Um, learned a lot. We had really good speed in the car. Kept him working on it. Found a little more. So, really excited for the, the race in Daytona here. I think we're going to find a little bit more speed. Um, and I think Blaine would attest to it that we should have some pretty strong cars going down there. And um, Blaine learned a lot all weekend, did a great job for us, and I'm excited for him to get behind the wheel for his first race at Talladega. One doesn't just put three cars in the top ten at Daytona and not come back and say, hey, we had a good test. That's right, Jacob. And we've got, besides Blaine, who is here in the studio with us, we're going to have Ryan Repko, another Mason Mitchell driver for 2018, on the phone after a little while. And we'll talk to Ryan and, of course, Quinn Hoff. Um, yeah, I think he's working night shift at the truck shop right now. Aww. Oh, okay. So, now, yeah, he, he misses out. He, he does. And with all this Mason Mitchell Motorsports stuff going on on this show, we just need to invoice the team owner when we're done. Yeah. <laughs> Tonight's drinking phrase yeah. is Mason. Mason Mitchell Motorsports. Well, all the audience that you're gaining right now because we're on the show. It <laughs> makes up for it, out. yeah. Yeah, all three of them. Hang on a minute. <laughs> we can't have drinking phrases. The kid across the table for me isn't well, old enough I didn't say yet. that. I, it can be Mountain Dew. I didn't say you have to drink adult beverages. Come on now. So, all right. So, so, Mason, you made some changes, obviously, <laughs> over the off season, moving back from Statesville to Mooresville and 
some changes in the the crew chief, I think, or a new team manager, right? Both. Um, both. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So, talk a little bit about how you think that all worked out first time out of the box. I mean, you had three in the top ten. It must have been pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you know, Talladega was kind of our first time working together, I believe. Um, Mark wasn't at, in our stable then. Uh, Mark Setzer's our, our crew chief. Right. On one of the cars this year, he works full time for us, and then J.R. Longley's our new general manager. And obviously, I've, me and him have gone way back over the years um, since I've been in the Arca series. But we moved into the new shop in Mooresville, like you guys mentioned. Uh, everything's gone really smooth. Uh, moving in there with acquiring some assets with our pull down machines, surface plates, some equipment. Uh, the guys are super excited. Um, everybody has really good attitudes. The team camaraderie uh, and chemistry is great. Um, so. You know, there's been a lot of moving uh, objects going on, a lot of activity happening, but um, for the most part, everything's been smooth. You always run into a little, you know, barrier here and there. You just got to go through it and find a way around, but um, everything's been really well, and I'm looking forward to the future, but uh, for the, the, four, the few short months that we've all had to work together, um, it's been, you know, I put a, a check mark by that. Excellent. Blaine, welcome to the East Coast. <laughs> welcome, uh to the show and talk a little bit from your perspective about how things went at Daytona. I mean, that must've been a huge thrill for you now to be able to say, I've been on both super speedways. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely a big shock. Um, just getting to Talladega for the first time, just kind of once I got to the middle of the racetrack and saw the car and heard it fire up and kind of looked around and then I realized I couldn't see the backstretch. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty big track. And um, I learned a lot at Talladega and going to Daytona, I felt, a little less nervous and um, didn't quite have the nerves getting there until then again, I was in the middle of the racetrack and then I kind of realized, oh, this is Daytona. Like this is the biggest race in NASCAR and I'm here and I'm testing and getting ready to hopefully, well, I can't race this year, but uh, maybe next year and just trying to get better for Talladega. It was funny because I remember a while back reading a quote from a driver who went to Talladega for the first time and had almost the same reaction. He looked at the track and he's like, how am I ever going to get to the end of the back straightaway? And he didn't take into account that when he got out there and, and put the foot down, he was going to be driving about 180 miles an hour. He said, after I got out, ran a couple laps, I was like, oh, you know, it's like <laughs> it goes by like nothing, but it just looks very big. And I'm sure for somebody like yourself from a short track background, you know, it, that had to be a real thrill to be able to just get out on the track and do laps. And now, of course, you look forward to your portion of the season, but you're never going to go any faster than you probably went at Talladega and Daytona. So the rest of these tracks ought to be easy, right? I wouldn't say easy by any means, <laughs> but uh, it, it never is. But. Exactly. But it, it was awesome to get to these super speedways and just kind of learn a whole different side of racing. Um, it's definitely different than little short track racing and beating and banging on people. Um, Definitely got to learn um, the draft, and I think that'll come a lot in the race in Talladega and having a good spotter. And uh, Mason definitely helped me. Uh, my teammate Quinn and Ryan, they both, we all kind of came together. We kind of, we went out and drafted a lot, and I think we all learned from each other. And I think that's going to be a big part of this uh, group for this year, for the teammates kind of bounce ideas off each other on the track and the crews to work together. And I'm just really proud of Mason and what he's brought to the track, and um, I've been with him this past week in the shop and I've kind of seen everything how it works at the shop and I'm just really impressed and looking forward to this year 
It's got to be an interesting dynamic or had to be for the Daytona test, Mason, didn't it? When you consider that of the three that you brought to the test, only one of them is actually old enough to race at Daytona next month. Yeah, so that that's pretty unique in itself. And like Blaine touched on with the the uh, bouncing ideas off teammates, it was cool to have you know, Ryan and Quinn there. And, and Quinn kind of helped lead the group because he's had that you know, uh, experience there with Daytona last year. So everybody gelled together pretty well, uh, and the youth in it uh, is, is so unique. Um, but I think for Blaine's sake of it, you know, going into Talladega, I don't know how much more you could be more prepared, you know, with, with being able to test at Talladega already, t- test at Daytona. Yeah. This is such a good opportunity for, for him, for the team, everybody to work together and get more laps on our belt, uh, our belt and get to Talladega uh, that and we know what to expect. So a lot of people go in there um, not knowing what in the hell to do. So Blaine's got uh, a lot of experience now to work in the draft, the single car runs. Um, Daytona was big, so we could draft with our, our teammates. And plus, there's a ton of pack experience that he got. A couple times, a little three wide. It had me a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it had your wallet a little nervous. <laughs> okay. I'm change my pants. All right, so let's get to some of the news of the day, and we'll bring in Cisco Scaramuza from the Race Chaser Skype line here. And uh, so the big news of the day is that, uh, well, Danica's back, or and at least she's back with her sponsor that got her started in big league racing and kind of cool actually to see GoDaddy back with Danica. Going to be interesting to see where this goes, Cisco, but um, conversations certainly Dreyer and Reinbold, um, you know, Ed Carpenter maybe for Indy and, you know, Jacob, I know, you know, you've got some theories at least for Daytona. Um, now that she's got money, there will probably be a little more interest, I would say. Well, the hardest part about this is people really didn't want to talk to her because they weren't sure where the money was coming from. Now we know where the money's coming from, and I can see the New York Post headline tomorrow. Danica goes green again. Well, you know, and uh, I don't know, Cisco, do you find it coincidental that uh, she starts dating Aaron Rodgers and now she's driving a green car? I mean... (laughs) Uh, no, no Is there gonna, Tom, can we see no, a Packers no. logo on the hood? I mean, that's like, I don't think the Packers logo cross, fits in with GoDaddy go Green. Quite <laughs> we're not we're not quite to that level, but I think it is cool. The fact that GoDaddy's coming back for this and too. certainly for them, it's a huge opportunity yeah. to, you know, cap off one of the most significant careers that's been in the series for the last 10 years or so in terms of just newsworthiness and you know how much danica has been in the mainstream news and for GoDaddy to be yeah we totally support her and we're back that's that just screams nothing but good things to me well let's be honest here too tom this is big for GoDaddy in more than one way not just being able to end Danica's career like she started it when it comes to racing. But I think almost more importantly than that, uh, this is something that transcends what she's doing in a race car for the Daytona 500 and the Indy 500 because GoDaddy is going to be so involved in her business ventures after she climbs out of the race car for the last time in May. So this is a win, win, win on all counts for everybody involved. And I think it's really cool to see, honestly, that they're coming back at a time when now Danica kind of realigns with how GoDaddy uh, shifted their company focus. 
Absolutely. So we'll see how it works out and see where she ends up. But uh, certainly some big news there with GoDaddy returning with Danica Patrick as she tries to close her career out with the two biggest races in America. And with that, we will step aside. We've got more with Mason and Blaine. We're going to bring Ryan Repko in shortly and talk to him. And uh, we've got Sam Mayer also going to be joining us a little bit later on. Sam is signed with Junior Motorsports. We'll tell you for what later in the show. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety on the voice of motorsports, PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. This breaks my heart, and it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and gives it to families in need. To help, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Open road, here comes the Hefley family. You've packed the smartphones, headphones, tablets, water snacks, coolers, sunscreen, bikes, skateboards, games, videos, sunglasses. There's no room for people in here. Just don't wimp out on the most important thing. Deep fried butter on a stick. No seatbelts. Whether it's a long haul or short trip. It's a win-win situation. Never give up until they buckle up. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your streetcar on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. How would you like to perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. Offering a highly competitive compensation plan with great benefits, a flexible schedule, and a signing bonus to the right candidate. Now, you must be ASE certified, and a minimum of six years' experience is preferred. Act fast. Don't miss out on this incredible, rare opportunity. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. Hi, I'm John Holloman, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Now, the question becomes, because we just did this before the show, how cool can we make Blaine Perkins sound? Um, well, we'll see. You never know what uh, our boffins are going to come up with for background for Blaine's bumper music. We'll just have to see. Anyways, let's uh, move. Next Backstreet Boys. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going to use for yours. Okay. Perfect. Mason Mitchell, Blaine Perkins are with us in the studio. And as you can tell, we're having some fun here on the Stock Car Show. Uh, Mason 
ARCA team owner, ARCA driver, ARCA champion, Blaine Perkins wannabe Mason. That's uh, kind of <laughs> oh, how the, Mason's protege. He even kind of looks like you a little bit. Yeah, he's taller, though. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Got the height His parents there. have watered him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we all really yeah. look up to him in the studio. Yeah, uh, especially you, Tom. You, I'm 17. So, well, that, that, Mason, that's see, that, I've heard that so many times. Anybody over 12 is yeah, taller than me usually. jump so, off the curb, you man. Know, yeah, it's not, you know. <laughs> Not that um, so seventeen. Okay, so you're not, that's right. You wouldn't be old enough for the super speedways, but he can run everything else, right? Yeah, he not turns eighteen right ever. after Daytona, right? Yeah, I turned eighteen oh, right. uh, well, February twenty eighth. So there you go. Yeah, a couple so, weeks. So, so if the right pieces were there, he could, in theory, run everything besides Daytona. In theory. In yep. theory. Yep. So where what is Blaine doing for you this year? What races have you got scheduled for him? So he's doing uh, five races right now and a lot of tests, I believe. Uh, Pocono, Michigan, uh, Iowa, uh, Chicago, Talladega. I think that's five. Uh, and a few tests are thrown in there, here and there. Nice. Um, but we've had him try to keep him pretty busy this week at the shop and uh, get his hands dirty and stuff. So we've uh, It's good training. That is true. <laughs> I mean, if you know how the car works, you know much better how to. No, for sure, and and it helps you know? the guys uh, get along better, and they sure. and they always respect. You know, you always respect a driver, but when you get to work with them one on one and get to see them show their dedication, it makes the guys just work that much harder. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we all know that. I mean, there are those drivers who are kind of just helmet holders and don't really get too involved. And again, I guess you yeah. know, when you get to the top levels, you know. It's kind of not your job, but it's always good to be in the shop. And at this level, I think it's important yeah, for the driver, driver to key. learn the mechanics yep. and really know. Because, you know, you know from being a driver, when you're on the track, if you know how the car works, it's a lot easier to tell them what it's doing and maybe have an input into how they change it. Yeah, I mean, communication is key in anything in life. You know, relationships, personally, professionally, whatever you do. And, you know, we've, Blaine's been pretty communic- communicating a lot this week with Mark a ton. I mean, I know they met at the beginning of the week going over all kinds of driver notes. Um, we try to make make it a big part of the program here. So uh, it's it's looking good. Now, how, how do you manage to bring two or three drivers together who really have – in some cases, very little knowledge of each other and haven't really, you know, how do, how do you get the chemistry to work out right so quickly? It's going to make it happen, Tom. I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's no really method of the madness. It's just uh, we try to create a really good environment for everybody. Uh, that, that number one, that starts off, you know, we try to bring really fast race cars so everybody can uh, make their jobs easier. But we just try to have really good key crew members in each car and everybody get along and um, – just try to try to make um, just it all work out. Uh, I really haven't had too many issues with anybody not getting along. Um, That's good. That I'm aware of. Maybe behind my back they can't <laughs> stand each other. I'm not sure. Blaine's smiling like Blaine did win a oh, couple games the other night. We went to Top Golf. And oh, yeah. Geez. I guess I'm pretty lucky. Well, very lucky than good though. So. Uh, luck has nothing to do with yeah. it. Tom and I were Ryan was a little top golf. busy with other stuff. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can throw him under the yeah. bus now. Yeah, yeah, like Ask him why? He, why weren't you so focused at Top Golf, Ryan? <laughs> That's where I'm gonna end that. That's about 30 minutes from now. So let let me note a couple things for the record. Number one, without even looking at it, Mason was right on the five races. So good for you. I uh, I know my drivers, man. Yeah, sometimes, most of the time. Yeah, it's true. Blaine, as far as getting to 
race coming up at Talladega in a couple of months. I mean, how important is having the draft time in advance going to be when you get back there? I mean, the comfort level, I'm sure, is already there in a lot of ways. At least you don't feel like you're being thrown to the wolves. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I think it's helped a lot, and that was one of our biggest um, reasons for going to the Daytona test is just even though I'm not going to be able to run there, um, just to get the experience in the draft and just try to learn for as much as possible before Talladega. Um, I think it'll really help on the racetrack. And I know we didn't do a ton of drafting. We did four or five sessions, but I I learned every time I was out there, every lap we were making. So um, I'm just looking forward to getting there. I'll throw Mason a hypothetical because I know it's something that's been bounced around a lot. With the opening up of the age limit for a couple of of races where 17 year olds can run and especially with the level of talent that's come up somebody like Blaine you know Repco a few of the others that have come through the last couple years with all the super speedway testing that ARCA has added to allow these guys to be able to do I mean would you advocate in the right situation for there to be an approval process for some of these 17 year olds to be able to run Daytona and Talladega from an owner's standpoint um, I don't think so. Be, it depends. All the series need to work together, in, mm-hmm. especially in this day and age, to create kind of some type of stepping stone where um, they don't hurt each other. Where you know, once you know, say like a, a NASCAR series, and you know, case in point, the truck series opens up some of the rules where they lower the age. Well, that's going to hurt some of the developments in ARCA. Right, and, and so, I was just referring to ARCA specifically, like yeah. using ARCA as the stepping stone. Keep NASCAR, say, at 18, but perhaps consider dropping it a year for uh, I really don't know. I, mean, I guess I'm 50-50 on that. <clears throat> I know I sure as hell wasn't ready when I was 17, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, fair. But, you know, the kid, you know, kids these days, that with all the experience they have coming up, like, you know, Blaine, for instance, he's running a few years in the Canaan series and late models and stuff like that. I mean, that's a lot more than I ever did at that age. So, um, you know, I'm open to it. <clears throat> I guess there's probably a lot more liability and insurance part of it that uh, we don't all realize. Right. Scenes that has to be done before that. Well, I mean, do you, th- do you think that that one year, one extra year makes that much of a difference when you're talking about the super speedways, if they could run basically anything else, but, I feel like it does a little bit. I mean, uh, the only places you can really do it <clears throat> at right now are the uh, SMI tracks, I think. Uh, I think Pocono and Kentucky, if yeah. I remember. Arcus yeah, which is not right? there anymore. But, um, yeah, it's just Pocono, which it's privately owned. So um, anything else that you get, you know, you have to be 18. Okay. So, um I don't know. I, I really don't have the it's answer. An I have a lot of answers. But interesting <laughs> yeah, question. And, and it, because, you know, for me, I mean, I, you know, I work with a lot of drivers. And, you know, it almost seems to me like it's so individualistic. You know, you, get, you, you can have a driver that you think at 16 is mature enough and, you mm-hmm. know, understanding how has it to be able to go and do that. And then there's some 18, 19-year-olds that it's like, wait, why are they, you know, they're not ready for a Daytona. Why are they there? It's kind of it's a hard thing to really comprehend because no matter what the age is, it's still more or less an individual thing. Yep. Case by case. It'd probably, yeah. I mean, it, it'd probably be a good thing for the series to do that and, and the teams, but liability standpoint, I don't know if it'd be smart. I don't know. I don't know what the differences would be in the insurance mm-hmm. side of it. I want to go back to Blaine for a minute because actually Mason's the one that brought up all the time you've spent in the K&M Pro Series West over the past couple of years. Talk a little bit about the transition from the K&N car to the ARCA car because 
yes, they're both big, bulky stock cars, but it's a little bit of a different world, especially when you consider the big tracks, which K&N doesn't run. Yeah, it's definitely different. I, um, the K&N series was great for me. It was a great um, series for me to go learn in and uh, get used to these big, bulkier cars, as you said. Um, but I think the hardest thing for me is I haven't ran a short track in the ARCA car, so it's kind of hard for me to compare mm -hmm. the two. Um, I kind of just got thrown out to the wolves at Kentucky. <laughs> and, um, first time I'd ever even been to a mile-and-a-half racetrack, and I had to go out there and run it. Um, but it was a blast, and I, I feel like they definitely turn better, and mm -hmm. they've got more power. But other than that, I think they're pretty similar. Um, the weight and the uh, chassis, bodies, they all look pretty similar. So, Mason, I, that was something. I think we had you on right after Kentucky or really close to it, and that was one of the things you highlighted when you were in here before the end of last year was just how impressive he was in his first race. I think he finished, what, ninth at Kentucky last fall? Yep. If I remember and right. honestly, I mean, we should have finished better than that. Right. We had a, a late race. I mean, it, that race was just insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it I was. I mean, with the repay, I mean, yeah, people were just driving over their heads and a lot of wrecks, and Blaine drove a smart race, and it's unfortunately, on a restart, somebody, I don't know what, what happened, three or four wide, it was crazy, and we got pinched and ended up having a flat, came back from it and finished top ten. But there was, uh, I remember at one point, uh, he was running inside the top three, uh, early in the race, and then we realistically probably should have finished in the top five, but, you know, should have, would have, could have, uh, and, and at the end of the day, brought the car home in one piece, uh, top ten, you know, it's good for a first run. I think that was the race where they went four or five wide for the lead on the second to last restart, yep. if I remember right, because everybody pitted for tires. It was. I definitely remember that. <laughs> <laughs> you were close enough to the front to see it. I was watching it. Yeah, that happened more than once, uh, three, four wide in ARCA racing last year. It seemed like the, the mix of drivers last year was way more aggressive than what I've seen it in the past, at least the way they they dealt with the restarts, because I saw a lot of that, it seemed like, going yeah, on, there especially was a, toward the end of the year. a lot of aggressive drivers out there, and... Um, you know, and intend to make a lot of mistakes. And uh, the the seasoned vet, Austin Theriot, is there to, to close the deal. Yeah, <laughs> seasoned veteran. Cisco. And, and Blaine, I was curious, you, you mentioned kind of, you know, not driving the car, you know, the car necessarily on a short track. But I was curious, in the off season, has there been training and stuff like that that you've had to do because you're going to be running kind of a bigger track schedule and kind of tracks that are you're going faster, I guess, on? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to watch some uh, tape and get get used to these bigger tracks, and I think that'll come more along with when we get closer to the races. And mm -hmm. I'll probably go over with Mason as we're going to these racetracks. I'm going to try to spend more time uh, out here, and I think he's really going to try to help, help me a lot. And uh, good spotter, good teammates. I think we'll do really good at those mile and a half and up. Does iRacing help you at all? Mine's actually broken at my house right now, oh, but, but Mason, oh, good old Mason, good. he just got it set it up at yeah, the race shop. We don't have so. too much, too impressive of a machine. There. <laughs> <laughs> it does justice. You're right. working it does on work. that. Yeah. All right, we're gonna step aside. When we come back, we've got more with Mason and Blaine. We're gonna have Ryan Repko joining us in a little while, and of course, uh, we've also got Kyle Souza gonna join us to talk TQs and New England racing. And uh, coming up later, we'll talk with uh, Sam Mayer as well about his new ride with Junior Motorsports for 2018. So still lots to come. Stick around. You're listening to the Stock Car Show on the Voice of Motorsports, the Performance Motorsports Network. 
Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity and Camping World Truck teams, many IndyCar and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SECA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Shrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Orica Driver Gear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS representatives are knowledgeable and focused on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke located on Route 1 or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. I'm Dalton Sargent. You're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network. The Sarge bringing us back for break. Perfect segue, too, by Perfect the way. Perfect segue. He can be running the truck series this year. This this off the newswire. He is uh, part of the GMS. Jimmis. Jimmis Racing Family <laughs> for 2018, um, driving the 25 C-C-C-N-R. truck. 
Yeah, and uh, Justin Haley back in the 24. And the deuce, Cody the Coughlin. Deuce, yeah. What? Uh-huh. That happened. Oh, I must have been sleeping through that one. Yes, Cody Coughlin in the deuce and Johnny Sauter in the 21. So one, two, three, four. Four GMS, GMS trucks. trucks and one less Thor Sport. Not necessarily. Truck. Thor Sport continued to tell me a couple days ago four trucks. Okay, so, we'll so one less driver in Thor Sport stable for this moment. Cody Coughlin. Yes. Jumping over to GMS for 2018, so there's some news fresh off the newswire. We've got Mason Mitchell and Blaine Perkins in the uh, studio with us. Yeah, Ma and Mason knows a little something about racing against Dalton Sargent. We do, yeah. Yeah. As I'm a, really racing against him personally. I was going right. to say, more as an owner than a driver, yeah, I think, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but good Jacob, hands. you wanted to follow up with Blaine on a point that Cisco was making. I did, actually, and it's interesting because Cisco uh, started to get to the whole training aspect of what Blaine's going to be doing in 2018, and it kind of ties in a lot because you mentioned you haven't driven these ARCA cars really on anything but the bigger tracks. The bigger tracks really are those that take a little bit more physicality because the G-forces uh, on the mile-and-a-half and, and two-mile tracks are so much greater uh, Talk a little bit about that from a driving standpoint, and obviously uh, it's going to take a little bit of hitting the gym and just making sure uh, you're in tip-top shape because it is different than just wrestling the car at a short track. Yeah, it's definitely different. Um, Got to be in the gym every week. Um, this week I was slacking a little bit. I, I wasn't feeling getting up at 5 a.m. and going to the gym with Mason. <laughs> but These kids. Yeah, they just yeah. don't build them like they used to. You know that, Mason? Just <laughs> sleep in till noon. Stay no, up all night Blaine gaming. Was there. He was there every morning with us at, <laughs> at team meetings. And didn't go to the gym with me, though. But <laughs> yeah. I can't blame him. He wanted to sleep that, in right? his awesome sleeping arrangements. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, great. Oh, you have a comfy couch, I take it, Mason? Uh, a futon. <laughs> ah, okay. Fancy. Well, you know, it's it's efficient. It's balling on the budget, you guys. Know? Yeah. It gets more sponsorship, you'd be able to replace it with a real couch. <laughs> oh, you mean like the couch that uh, uh, Bell and Briscoe yeah. at, at one time or another used in Ross Weiss's apartment? Yeah, sure. There, it's... Ross, if you're listening, shout out to the couch, which is go. also on Twitter now, by the way. Oh, really? Yes. Ross Weiss's couch is on Twitter now. <laughs> well, if we can have a cat on Twitter, why not a couch, I guess? Or a cone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Cisco. I just want to say I support futons as couches. I, I, I think they're the same. Do you have one? You guys are getting undermined. College kid. There's the hashtag. So go ahead. And hashtag futons or couches. Hashtag I support futons. There we go for the Trending. night. At Race Chaser News, at PMN Radio on Twitter. Uh at Race Chaser News on Instagram, and you can go to Facebook and find us at Race Chaser Online, and of course, uh, Performance Motorsports Network. Um, and I think uh, also hit up our partners, Three Wide Life, as well, at Three Wide Life on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, because, well, it's just cool stuff, and they have a cool TV show, and we're happy to be a part of everything that is going on there as well. So, uh, okay, so Mason, um, some changes in ARCA scheduling-wise, and, you know, we've got the spec motor now that's kind of entrenched a bit. Um, your assessment on the ARCA series 
as it is. I feel like it's been a, a pretty big upswing last year, maybe two, uh, especially with the changes from you know, the composite body. I was a big advocate of the steel body because of how much you can manipulate them, but uh, it's the composite body that looks really cool. Uh, and the new engine um, with the Elmore engine that's been in the series since 2015. Uh, it's been great for uh, competition side of it and for you know finance side of it. So I feel like those two things coming together have really helped the series uh, look a lot better. Uh, the competition's gotten a lot better. Uh, and the growth of the series is going in the right direction. So all, all those uh, moving parts have, have come together. There's more and more drivers coming into the series, which is getting more he- it's getting a lot healthier. Um, the schedule this year is a little different, uh, but I'm a big fan of it. Going to Gateway is going to be cool. Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte. Charlotte. Uh, yeah, I mean, we haven't raced there in a long time, so um, it's going to be a long trip to get there, but it'll be cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a long trip. Yeah, for like 20 minutes. Hope you can afford the <laughs> fuel on out. that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for Blaine anyway. Is that that's one of your races? No, but I'm oh. sure I'll be out here supporting the okay. guys. He wishes Charlotte was. Who's doing Charlotte for you, Repco, or who's who's in charge of that yeah, department? Don't know, Tom. Ah, Repco won't be old enough yet. Yeah, that's think. right. Still open for. Uh... Yeah, Repco's actually eighteen. Is he? Yeah. He's just a little shorter. Come on, stats guy. <laughs> <laughs> I Leave missed it to that Blaine birthday. To make well, the size joke. The tallest guy in the room always makes the size joke. <laughs> I'm ac- I think I'm still taller than Repco, so you know, yeah. I, I at least have that. Definitely. Uh, well, so basically, you don't know who's going to. So is that is that I mean, open? I might for, know. He oh. might know. He ah. just can't tell us yet. <laughs> is there anything open for Charlotte if someone out there is yeah, a driver with experience? Possibly. Okay. So there, Ar- Ark is retired. I'm actually looking forward to that. I think it's great. No, to it's going to be a great show. Thursday night show, qualifying night. Um, I feel like the atmosphere is going to be pretty electric. Uh, that'd be cool. Well, it's it's at a good time in the season, too, because you've got a few races in. You kind of see where things are going a little bit, and then you yeah. go to Charlotte and shake things up because it's really going to be a very unique track on your schedule. Mm-hmm. We'll see if they put that special, whatever it's called, the, the, the VHT or yeah. chemicals down. Track tack. Yeah. <laughs> the sticky stuff. As Johnny Sauter called it, the grip strip that we grip all strip. hate. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I imagine Johnny Sauter might have called it a few other things he can't print either. Yep. Uh, I know I know some other drivers who did. Um, Kyle Busch. No, uh, no road courses this year. No, I'm, I love road courses. I mean, a few years ago I didn't, but uh, I love Road America. We went there this year, had a great showing, uh, and I'm a big road course fan. I know Blaine's a huge road course guy too. So you got a lot of experience about those on the West Coast, especially in K and N, because the West Series in particular visits several yeah. road courses through the year. I know. Yeah, over the past uh, two years in the K and N, we've uh, been to what three, what, two or three uh, road courses. Um, I, I love road courses. I started in go karts, and every winter I pretty much still run our little legend car um, in Las Vegas. It's always a blast, and those things are always fun to wheel around with bunch of guys um, I've known for years. Now, are you still doing any K&N this year or no? No, it's just uh, going to be the five ARCA races with Mason, and we're going to run some local late model stuff. See, the the year you leave K&N, they go to a dirt track. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. That, that'll be an interesting one. I, I'll definitely try to make that race to watch it. I was going to say, you might, you, you might pay for a ticket for that one. Yeah, I probably will. Well, Mason knows about driving on dirt. With a heavy car? I, I enjoy the dirt racing. You know, I've, the only dirt racing I've ever done is Arco stuff, but we've been pretty successful at it. So we were doing a little dirt racing that uh, I raced a little earlier. It's interesting, <laughs> I think, to see 
K&N doing that. And I also think it's interesting that K&N went to the radial tire. As a team owner, and I know you're in ARCA, but just speaking at, from a perspective of development of drivers, it would seem to make sense to me that they would do that because it lines it up with the rest of the series above. Yeah, without a doubt. And that's why I've always been a big advocate of ARCA, of how the, the, much, the similarities are between ARCA and the next three series that you're trying to climb are. So um, I've always been a huge ARCA fan and will will be till uh, you know, never know. So I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick your brain Until and you're you probably know. gonna shoot me down and say no I can't tell you that yet but I still have to ask. So besides his five races and we know Quinn is running Daytona. Yep. Is there anything else nailed down as of yet? Well, yeah, actually, I think Quinn's actually uh, he's running four or five more uh, races as well. And then, uh, you know, we're having two cars going to Daytona. So we'll okay, be announcing so that soon. Uh, and a few other things in the works. So uh, there's a lot of stuff happening to hopefully be announced here shortly. Is there so, anything in the works for you as a driver, sir? No, I won't, I won't be racing this year. Ooh. So. Well. Ma- Ma- Mason has said that that. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's got to be tough to try and do both. I mean, it, it, I know you've only been doing a race or two here and there the last couple of years, but yeah, it's no, a big I mean, thing I, to be a team owner. Yeah, it takes a lot of work of and dedication, and I, I've started, you know, I've really enjoyed it. Um, and, I, you know, with taking the step with getting to the program to the next level, that was the whole point of getting to the building that we're in and the, and getting the people that we have now with you know, management and crew chiefs and, and all the assets that we have. Um, I really want to you know, take full advantage of that and really push hard to have the success needed to be the top team in the series. You know, we've we've had great success over the years with you know, our first year ever being established, winning the championship and having wins every um, season that we've been in business. But uh, I want to be really dominant. So this just in, I went hunting a minute ago. Uh-oh. Stat boy alert. Yeah, stat boy alert. So for Quinn. Hopefully you get it right finally. I, I have it right because I'm looking at it in print. In addition to Daytona, Charlotte, Michigan, and Pocono 2 <laughs> is at least what you have laid out. So and there's a Charlotte driver, Tom. There, there's there one go. for Charlotte. There Tom. you go. There, there's one for Charlotte. But you said, just to confirm, you said two cars for Daytona? That is correct. Awesome. So we just await a second driver announcement. Do some investigating. <laughs> well, I know that's not there because I already went and looked. <laughs> he tried. All right. We're gonna, I tried. We're going to step aside, and I think – when we come back, we're, we're going to have, have a Repco. Repco. That's exactly right. Ryan Repco joins our crazy cast of Mesa Mitchell Motorsports personnel here via the Race Chaser hotline right around the corner. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety on the voice of motorsports, the Performance Motorsports Network. Hey, I'm T-Bone. I'm Mark Seidel. I'm Jay Weezy. I'm Will, and we all work at WFNZ, and we all attended Carolina School of Broadcasting. What's up? I'm QCB, and we don't want you to be confused. There's only one accredited broadcast school in Charlotte, and that school is Carolina School of Broadcasting. It matters where you get your education. Get yours where we got ours. Carolina School of Broadcasting. They are accredited. Financial aid is available for those who qualify, and VA funds are accepted. Call 704-395-9272 or visit CSB Radio TV. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. 
For less than a month's insurance and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Chase Cabry and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show here on the Performance Motorsports Network, otherwise known as PMN Radio, otherwise known as the Voice of Motorsports. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Cisco Scaramuza with you, talking motorsports here for about another hour and a quarter or so. And we've got Mason Mitchell and Blaine Perkins in studio. Blaine, one of Mason's stable of drivers for 2018 in the arca racing series and we've got another one joining us via the race chaser hotline it's repco time here on the stock car show ryan repco joining us once again ryan welcome back to the show and talk about daytona you must have been pretty excited oh i was um first thank you for having me on the show sorry i couldn't make it out it's just um we just had that snow in north carolina so um roads weren't looking good but um yeah hey hey, repco mason said mason said you're a wimp for not driving in it well but see he took Uh, junior's advice junior said stay off the roads you know because he center punched a tree repco Repco ran out of talent like he does in the racetrack oh wow Wow. team owner throwing darts when you're not in the room (laughs) man oh man okay so uh anyway ryan back to daytona was it what you expected it to be when you finally got out there on the track and took some laps i mean how did it differ from what you were thinking going in um i mean to some degree it's it's kind of what you would expect after watching it for so long but um there's nothing that compares to you know that first lap where you're not sure if it's going to stick or not and then it does because um there's quite a transition from the um especially over in three from the straightaway to the corner because it's so banked like there's nothing that can prepare you for that like it's just it just turns the car like it's a crazy feeling at first and then once you get used to it you know then they tell you well it's time to draft now you know you just got comfortable with running laps and then now you're going to do it with a bunch of people so it was crazy and it was awesome like there's just nothing like it I had an absolute blast and I had a great group of people to work with He's not just saying that because Mason's sitting here either. Or maybe he is. We'll never know. Now, Ryan, what I really want to know, courtesy of your team owner for, for bringing this up, but so you guys went to Top Golf the other day. Why yeah. were you so distracted, sir? 
distracted. That's what I Mason just suck said. at golf. Oh, yeah, that's what it is, Ryan. <laughs> okay. We'll let it slide this time. I'm good at turning wheels, not swinging golf clubs. <laughs> well, that, 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 well, that, I thought that, your game, I thought your I game was relate. pretty good that night. <laughs> Highest score wins, right? I mean, that's how yeah, it yeah. works. <laughs> no, it was a good Pretty time. much. Good I mean, bonding. I was going to score points, not, you know. You definitely did. Oh, man. Okay, we can see what it's like at the Mitchell Motorsports shop all week long. Yeah. So, Ryan, talk a little bit about what you're planning to do this year as far as the ARCA series and when you're not racing for Mason. What what else is going on? Well, we don't really have um, a lot finalized quite yet. We're still working on a deal to run some ARCA races for Mason. And um, we've, we've got a general idea, but we're not ready to share that quite yet. But um, we're going to try to be a part of um, Mason Mitchell Motorsports for some ARCA stuff because um, they're going to be successful this year. They've really stepped it up, and um, I'm hoping to be a part of some of that success. And um, we'll have the late model side of things, too, where we'll try to um, – try to stick to the cars tour and then we'll probably veer off from there some to run some nascar wheeling races as well i'm scrolling here and pulling my stat book back out because the one race you ran this past year ryan not only did you finish in the top 10 you qualified in the top 10 and uh, managed to uh, open a lot of eyes i think at madison when you drove the 78 car take me back to to that first experience running for mason this past year and really what it was like because i know that was a race that started strong fell back a little bit and then finished on a rally well, it was um, it was a good weekend for us. Um, it was there was a huge learning curve there because I had never driven a car that heavy with that much power too. Um, but um, and I had never actually seen Madison the racetrack until the day of the race. But we had tested at Motor Mile before that, which is a track I'm familiar with. And the reason we um, picked Madison to race at is because it's similar to Motor Mile. And um, I had that was where my late model career kind of started. I ran my first two three years there trying to learn the cars so we figured it would probably be good to go to a racetrack that's similar to something i was used to and um yeah we um qualified sixth we had a really good car and um we had some sort of oil line leak um maybe mason remembers what it was but i can't remember what exactly happened there but we had to pit for that and we went a lap down and we just kind of raced our way through the field and ended up eighth i think yep p8 mason do you remember what it was uh, yeah, unfortunately, I do. Uh, <laughs> as some type of, uh, I think the oil filter fitting just came loose somehow, you know, freak incident. But uh, the guys did a great job. Ryan did a good job just hanging in there uh, throughout the whole night and positioned herself well, got the lucky dog, and, and came battling back through the field. And, uh, you know, it's always a catch-22. You look back and you wish things weren't happening because mm-hmm. I feel like realistically we could have finished top five just like we could have finished top five probably at Kentucky if, Playing, you know, the accident happened with other gri- other drivers and stuff, but that's why we race. Mm-hmm. You know, we we live for those moments. So, uh, looking forward to Ryan's future, and uh, he did a great job at the test. And I've you know always been a big advocate over the years of him. I asked Blaine about this earlier, Ryan. Uh, I'll ask you because I, you mentioned coming from the late models into the ARCA car. What was the transition like uh, for you from that side of things into the bigger car? Well, I mean, the biggest difference is probably just the weight and the power. I mean, um, weight models, 
you can kind of enter the corner a lot lower because they they weigh less, so they cut more. With these cars, you have so much more power, and they don't want to turn as much. So you kind of have to make the straightaway as long as you can on short tracks, that is. You just kind of have to arc the corner out a lot more, and um, the power definitely wakes you up the first time you do it because, um, you know, you feel that tire spin. I mean, first restart I tried to do in an ARCA car, I just, like in practice at Motor Mile, I butchered it just because I wasn't used to that much power. I mean, they're just really powerful race cars, and they're a lot of fun to drive. I mean, there's um, there's just nothing that compares to that. But once, but I got all that worked out, and then um, we got it all figured out for Madison. You mentioned you're going to spend some time in the late model when you're not uh, working on some planned ARCA stuff. I know you said you guys are in the final stages of that, but the car tour starts that you made last year. I know you didn't run full-time, but the races you chose to run – you guys were really, really good. Qualified top five in four of the five races and finished top ten in all of them, including a pole, I think it was at Anderson uh, in the 125 lapper where you led a bunch of laps. I mean, built a whole lot of consistency with y'all's late model program this year that I feel like you guys were ser- have been searching for. Well, yeah, Reynolds Racing Chassis has really stepped it up, this, especially this past year. It's always been a premier program in the late models. But um, I worked with Greg Peterson on the Cars Tour, and um, we got our. We always were really good at racetracks that had been repaved and races racetracks that weren't as abrasive as others, such as like Motor Mile or something. But this year, they really stepped up their program at Hickory and Anderson and places like that. It's just been a great thing to be a part of. I mean, Philip. I think he won like 30 races this year, or not 30, 20. Came on board this year and really helped with the program and stuff. But, um, yeah, it's been a great deal. I mean, they've really just stepped it up, and I'm glad I can be a part of that. Well, you're fortunate. And, of course, it makes a big difference to be, you know, the better the equipment that you're in, obviously the easier your job is because now you don't have to worry about carrying the car. You can just worry about uh, doing the things you need to do as a driver. Oh, for sure. I mean, I had really great cars throughout the year. It's just we just had some bad luck. I mean, you look at it, and we probably could have won if things had gone the right way about six or seven races. I mean, it was just we just kind of seemed to have one thing right after the other as far as luck. But we got us one down in Anderson, and I was pretty proud of that. We led the whole race, and uh, we even it wasn't a cherry-picked win by any means because we had um, Lee Pulliam in the field, and he obviously won the national championship. So, um it was a pretty big win. Anytime you can beat Lee, you done did something, kid. Yeah. <laughs> For <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> what, what, He's been what, around the block. <laughs> is that farmer's commercial, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or yeah. two? Yeah. <laughs> that fits Lee to a T. He knows a thing or two because he's won a thing or two. Or uh, 160-something. Yeah. Mason, when, what is – what did you see in Ryan? Because you have been a big advocate of his for a while. What was it about Ryan that you saw that you liked and thought that you could do something with at the ARCA level? I mean, I guess it was a lot of similarities I've seen between myself and him, uh, you know, from personality traits to uh, driving styles. And, you know, he he's, you know, likes a lot of things that I like and just, you know, we get along pretty well. But, uh, you know, he's had a lot of success uh, over – the years of what he's raced in and had some bad luck and I'm a big fan of like you know the underdog or the person that's not supposed to win and and you know I feel like you know everybody underrates him and uh, I feel like 
you know, we can do a lot of great things this year together uh, when he's behind our race cars and when he's going to, you know, race his late model. They always have a great program, like he said, and they've been fast everywhere they go. So uh, just, you know, the personality traits, the on and off track um, circumstances. So uh, just a lot of things come into uh, the equation. All right, Ryan. So I know that you can't do this by yourself. So talk about who helps Ryan Repco make his motorsports happen. Well, on the late model side of things, um, Forrest Reynolds owns the team, and he's built up Reynolds Racing Chassis to what it is. Travis Bird spots for me. He won the 2015 track championship in the limited late models at Hickory, so he's um, he's won some stuff, and he's been really helpful to me on abrasive tracks and teaching me how to you know be easy on it, save tires, and save something for the end. Um, my crew chief for the Cars Tour stuff has been Greg Peterson. He's He's um, raced a lot at abrasive tracks down in South Carolina, such as Dillon and stuff, and he's really helped me out a lot. With my ARCA stuff, most of my help's been from Mason. He's um, he's really taught me a lot. He spot for me at Madison. That that really helped me because it, him spotting for me, he brought the picture of, you know, he knows what it's like to be a driver, so he knows what I'm looking for, what I need to know, how much I need to know, which is important. I worked with Michael Shelton down at Daytona, and he was really patient with me. He was my crew chief for the test, and he, um, he and I got along really well. And funny thing is, we plugged in on the GPS. My house is exactly 500 miles from Daytona, and Michael actually goes to the same church as me, so we drove 500 miles to meet a guy that's from the same town and goes to the same church as us. Wow. That's hilarious. See, you know, now you know. So, you know, you go race Daytona next year, you can carpool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, for sure. (laughs) By the way, speaking of funny coincidences, because I'm just now, after a couple of years, finally sitting down and reading Ryan's website, I know, really sad to say. But oddly enough, and this will be, news to even Ryan, you actually go to the same high school that I graduated out of back in 2012. I kid you not. Really? Yep, yep. Which, I think you're you're graduating out of North in May, aren't you? I am. I'm a senior at North Lincoln High School, and um, I'll be graduating at the end of this year. The paparazzi's going to show up there now. Yeah, really? <laughs> Jacob Seelman went there, got straight A's. No pressure, Ryan. No, he's, he's probably better than I am at this point. <laughs> well, we certainly always enjoy having you on, Ryan, and it's I, I hope it works out for you to run a bunch with Mason because it's a great opportunity for you, and you're certainly a talented young racer and look forward to seeing you around the tracks during the season. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. That is Ryan Repko. We are going to step aside. We got a whole other hour coming up. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Stock Car Show. Presented by HMS Motorsport on the Voice of Motorsports, the Performance Motorsports Network. You know what really gets a party started? Indoor baseball. Yeah, just find a broom or a pool cue, and you can use, like, anything as a ball. Cans, bottles, shoes. Hey, bro, toss me that avocado. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Underage drinking and driving, the ultimate party foul. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. 
If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, Okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably... Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Tyler Reddick, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, hour number two getting underway. I'm not sure how you're going to top hour number one, to be honest. No, Mason Mitchell Motorsports beating a hasty retreat because Mason got hungry. He wanted dinner, so uh, they have left the building um, like Elvis, they yeah, left the building. <laughs> but we've traded one cat with a big smile for we're, we're another working, cat. Yeah, we're working on that. Well, actually, we do now have Sam Mayer in the pits, ready to go full throttle with us. So let's bring him out and welcome him to the show. Sam, good to have you on, and congratulations are in order for you, young man. Thank you. Um, it means a lot to sign with Junior Motorsports. Uh, It's definitely a big opportunity to show my talent to all of the people in the racing industry, and I'm looking forward to doing good for them. Yeah, I think that's definitely going to be a good uh, situation for you, obviously, and uh, not that you weren't in a good situation this past year. I mean, you spent 2017, besides winning about everything in sight in your Legends car, you uh, ran a bunch of races for Hawk McCall Motorsports, and... uh, certainly among the best equipment money can buy in that operation as well, and you really did a great job. Yeah, 2017 was definitely a hit year for us. Uh, Like you said, the Legend Car, um, we were very successful this year with Farbo Motorsports and Ryan Farbo. Uh, He did very good for me this year. Hawk McCall Motorsports was also very good. Uh, We won a couple races, and we ended up learning a lot, too, with them. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Talk about the adjustment from the Legends car to the late model for you. Uh, the late model definitely is heavier, and you have to turn it a lot more, whereas the Legend car is very quick and twitchy. 
Um, it's just it's a big difference. Uh, I think it's the biggest step between cars. Like the late model and the ARCA car, like we're going to be running this year, they're going to be uh, very similar. Sam, I, I made the comment off the top of the segment. We traded one kid with a big smile and Blaine Perkins for you with another big smile. And for anybody who is curious why I say that, go and read Sam's release on Race Chaser Online, and you'll see exactly why. Because he was a very happy kid all year last year, winning a lot of things. And you come into a team that's known for winning a lot of things. How excited are you to to be a part of a team with the pedigree that JRM has and to work with somebody like Josh Berry. I know you've paid attention to Josh race and late models and he's kind of won a thing or two. Uh, yeah, Josh Berry definitely knows what he's doing when he's out on the racetrack and even when he's in the pits working on the car. Um, it's definitely going to be a transition going from Hawk McCall to junior motorsports, but I think definitely with the winning side of things, they're going to do really good for me. What do you expect the transition to, to be like for this year? Obviously, both Hawk McCall and JRM both have very strong pieces of equipment when they put the cars out on the racetrack. I know from a people standpoint, it'll be a little bit different. Uh, do you expect it to be any sort of a major transition, or you feel like you can fall in line pretty quickly over at JRM? Uh, we have a test early in the season. And I definitely think that'll get me used to the team and how everyone works and what everything goes and how everything goes around. I definitely think it's not going to be that huge of a transition from, like, when you say the legend car to the late model. Right. Those teams are completely different, whereas these teams are the exact same car and they know they both know what exactly they're doing. Now, Sam, I was curious since JRM has, you know, so many shiny toys in the shop, has there been any, you know, with you signing this deal, has there been any looking forward beyond this to seeing what's what's beyond the late model, any kind of fore, foreshadowing at all or anything like that going through your mind? Uh, right now there's nothing like Xfinity deals or anything. It's just late model right now taking it one step at a time. It's going to be interesting, though, to transition yourself into that junior motorsport situation because you know there's a lot of pressure that that well let me let me rephrase that sentence more appropriately there's a lot of notoriety that comes with being a junior motorsports driver so um how are you prepared to handle the extra attention that will likely come your way because of driving for dale jr's team well, they, they bring a lot of stuff to the table. They bring media information and training, and I will def- I'll learn how to uh, be- talk in interviews, and I'll know how to answer questions appropriately and what they need me to say. Uh, they know what they're doing, and they're definitely going to help me along the way. Yeah, I'm sure they will. I mean, could you have imagined even a year ago that you'd be in a situation like this coming into 2018 driving for a team like Junior Motorsports? Uh, I thought about it, but I never thought it would be Junior Motorsports. I thought it would be some other team, maybe even Hawk McCall I'd still be with. Uh, Not that that's a bad thing. It's a really good thing. But I never thought I'd make this big of a step up from 2016 to 2017 and now 2018. 
it's really kind of interesting because to me, when you look at the two situations, they're pretty much in terms of performance and what they're capable of doing. They're pretty much equal in my book anyway. But of course, Junior Motorsports is, well, Junior Motorsports, right? So uh, it seems like really the benefits, obviously, being in Dale Jr.'s organization, but as much marketing and kind of off-track benefit, you know, I feel like both teams obviously capable of winning a lot of races. Yeah, for sure. Um, The one thing Junior Motorsports has over Hawk McCall, unfortunately, is a teammate that goes to other tracks. And, like, they have, like you said, uh, connections and a big organization under them. That is the biggest thing why we switch teams is because I can have connections and the organization will help me become a better race car driver and be better on and off the track. No doubt. And, of course, uh, it has to be interesting for you following in your dad's footsteps, who really was more known for kind of the open wheel side of things little bit um and you know you're heading toward the nascar side of things it seems like and you've gotten a new sponsor on board i understand for this year uh yeah menards is a big sponsor uh they've helped a lot so far and i'm just looking forward to keeping them in the loop yeah i'm sure i mean that and there again you know the menards connection uh you know, plenty of um, opportunity there to grow as well. So you're in a pretty good situation, Sam. What do you think is going to be the biggest challenge for you coming into this year? Definitely performance. Um, I got to perform up to their standards and what they need me to do. Having that good equipment, I really hope I don't mess up and finish like 10th every race. (laughs) That's the biggest thing. I really hope I can perform well for them. Well, I think, uh, given some time to adjust to everything, Sam. I think you'll do just fine. You're also still running the Legends car, and of course you won the Young Lions National Championship last year and won a shootout title as well. Now you're running in the pro division. He's going to be a big boy. And yeah, how is that going so far? And talk a little bit about how much Legends racing you're going to be doing this year. Yeah, the pros are definitely a lot more knowledgeable than the young lions. They know what they're doing and know how to set you up. So far, it's going good. Um, on the oval, we're two for two so far, so that's a pretty good start. Road course, we're, um, we got a bunch of second places, uh, three second places, so we got definitely a step up our game there. Uh, but we're just pretty much going to do the winter heat this year and the Bojangles summer shootout. Bojangles. He, 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 was, he was stuck maybe on chicken, Tom? I don't know, but it uh, sounds good to me. <laughs> uh, hey, he won enough races <laughs> it's at the summer. Time. Yeah, he won enough races, I think, Sam, didn't you, that you had plenty of Bojangles food money because they give gift cards to the winners. Uh, yeah, we have about $600 in Bojangles money that I still don't know what to do with because <laughs> I'm from Wisconsin, and we don't have Bojangles up here. So that's a bit of a problem. Well, see now, every time you come to Charlotte, you can bring the whole team to Bojangles and exactly you know, and uh, get some biscuits. Oh yeah, Ryan Farble steals all my Bojangles gift cards. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. See, yeah, so, well, there's. I guess there's an answer. That's know, just like Farbo. Yeah, too. crew chief's uh, seniority, I guess, something like that. But uh, okay, we know you can't do all of this by yourself, Sam. You've had a lot of people 
that have helped you to get to where you're at on this day and on this show. So talk about uh, who helps you out with your racing and helps you make it happen. Uh, Hawk McCall Motorsports has been a big benefit for me. They have helped me develop my stock car career as of right now. I have to thank Junior Motorsports for giving me the opportunity to show my talent in 2018. Uh, definitely Menards for helping pay for all the stuff, along with Brinkman Stratton and my dad, of course. All right, Sam, it's been great to have you on the program. We obviously are looking forward to seeing what you can do, and I know uh, all of the folks from Race Face brand development are excited about you being a part of everything and uh, seeing where this year takes you. So uh, we wish you all the best and good that you could take some time to stop by and chat with us tonight. Thank you, sir. That is Sam Mayer. We're going to step aside. When we come back, it is Sousa time. We go to New England. We talk TQ midgets and uh, some other things going on up there as well. Kyle Sousa going to join us after the break you're listening to the stock car show presented by hms motorsport the leaders in motorsports safety right here on the voice of motorsports the performance motorsports network parents your son or daughter has had their license for a while now but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road high school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively they need to be prepared for any highway emergency for less than a month's insurance and a whole lot less BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes, on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World Truck teams, many IndyCar and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SECA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Shrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Orica Driver Gear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS representatives are knowledgeable and focused on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for a second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. 
You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Matt Tift, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, where we are going to actually not talk about stock cars in this segment, at least for most of it. But we will probably mention a few stock car drivers' names uh, throughout the next uh, few minutes or so as we open up the New England Motorsports segment and bring in our New England correspondent for Race Chaser Online, Kyle Souza, who also is a very good scribe for our good friends at Area Auto Racing News and works for uh, NASCAR as well in their home tracks department, handling the PR for the Wheel and Modified Tour. And he's probably got about three or four other things going that I just don't remember at this point. He's a very busy guy, but we're happy to have him come by for a few minutes each Thursday to keep us up to date on what's happening in New England and What's happening in, well, it wasn't New England, it was Pennsylvania, but it involves some New England drivers there. How's that for tying it in? The TQ Midgets in action for the first time at Allentown. You know what, Kyle? I love TQs. We've talked about a lot on this show. The fact I used to go a few times a year to Niagara Falls back when they raced them up there back in the day and watched them over the winter. It was interesting because I actually went on to another show a few days ago and tried to talk about Chili Bowl and Allentown in the same segment and wound up having to explain to a traditional radio audience, not a racing knowledgeable audience, the difference between a midget and a TQ midget. We know the difference on this show, so we'll skip that. Let's just talk about the race itself, Kyle. And the winners were named Bonsignor and Cruder. There, I told you we'd get a stock car driver into this discussion fairly early on. Yeah, and you know what, Tom, and a lot of the drivers that are in these indoor races, as you mentioned, are stock car drivers. They are. They're not, they're not full fender drivers. They're either modified drivers or winged uh, midgets. A couple of names come to mind from the Northeastern Midget Association as well. But they had their opening race as part of the uh, the three-race indoor auto racing series down there a couple of weekends ago. Uh, actually, not last weekend, the weekend before. And Justin Bonsignor putting up a big effort on Friday night, finally able to break through uh, in a victory lane in his TQ Midget. And then on Saturday night, Tom, you mentioned Scott Cruder winning in the car that Ted Christopher, the late Ted yes. Christopher, drove in 2017. So a great start to the season for both of those drivers and two names that when we had previewed the Indoor Auto Racing Series, I don't know that we brought up Scott Cruder's name. He kind of slid in there as one of... I guess we can call him an underdog, even though he's not really an underdog. To some, he is, and he was able to steal the victory on Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, it's really uh, quite an interesting situation when you get into this TQ racing and you have this mix of modified drivers, super modified drivers, midget racers, and, of course, the TQ veterans all in one place. And I'm happy for Bonsignor especially, and Cruder both, really, but... You know, Bonsignor has been doing this a bit, and he, he's one of these drivers that you just, you always want to see do well, but you don't really think so much about him in this form of racing, but he's certainly capable of winning, as he showed on Friday night. Yeah, exactly, Tom, and very good to see. I think 
a lot of a confidence booster when it comes to Justin winning in this TQ. He really didn't end the season, Kyle, with a lot of momentum on the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour, and yet he comes out in the TQ, goes and wins a race. This could all be very well and good, and you have to consider Justin's got a little more momentum. They just pulled in a new crew chief for his modified team for 2018 as well as made a switch to LFR chassis. So you talk about a lot of good things happening in very short order for the kid out of New York, Justin Bonsignor, with a big win and big momentum on all fronts right now. Yeah, Jacob, and if you, if you haven't read that story, for those less that you can visit Race Chaser online, I spoke with Justin late last week to talk about the move to LFR chassis, which is a big move for his team, not just for his team, but also for the entire Will and Modified Tour group of drivers. And I say that because LFR chassis has been the dominant chassis over the last couple of years with five-time champion Doug Kobe. Justin making a switch with his team. They're going to go over there to LFR. And of course, as you mentioned, the crew chief swap to be with Ryan Stone. But that indoor race, him telling me, on the phone last week, you know what? I've had some bad luck in these indoor races. The car hasn't 100% been there. I've had some bad luck. And if you don't have the luck, Jacob, that's what really makes these indoor races interesting. You can have a great car with a great driver. You can be the fastest car. But these indoor races, that tight bull ring style track, it really comes down to who has the most luck in the end. Well, that's exactly right. We see it every year with the full midgets at the Rumble in Fort Wayne and again with the TQs when you get to this three-race indoor auto racing series. It is a lot about luck, and sometimes it's about who hits somebody else's nerf bar in the right way and knocks the right person out of the way that ends up getting it done. But as we saw with somebody like Ryan Flores, Kyle, it is all about luck and a mechanical failure for him when he was in position to potentially win the Saturday race that Scott Cruder ended up winning. It just didn't work. I mean, that was not the way Ryan wanted to start his 2018 championship at all. No, and unfortunately for him, as you mentioned, you know, he was dominating that race. He had driven from from mid-pack right up to the lead, uh, took the lead with, I want to say, about 15 laps to go in that race and was pulling away uh, under a green flag stint. And then all of a sudden, some smoke started coming out of the car. And then as we're accustomed to seeing up here with the TQ Midgets, and I think you guys are accustomed to seeing it down there with the Legend cars, they have a little bit of a flame when the motor goes up. And uh, Flores' car going up in smoke, in flame, he's able to hop out of it safely. And unfortunately for him, though, ending a run at what possibly could be the end of his championship hopes. These races are so tight. There's so much competition, Tom, where he's really going to have to have some great luck and a great car. We know he has a great car and a good setup, but now it really comes down to he can't have another falter in these last two races. No, I mean, and it's, you know, you relate it to the Chili Bowl on a, obviously on a much smaller scale, but it's the same type of situation where track position is always key. And, you know, I love that Jacob pointed out that the use of the front bumper is definitely a part of this, uh, noting that we talked earlier about 
the go bowling at the Glen uh, kind of idea and how many drivers would roll strikes on the racetrack during that race. Um, this is the type of racing where you almost have to use the bumper if you're going to pass anybody because most of the time, Jacob, there's really only about a groove to a groove and a half. So you kind of just make your way by rooting and gouging in these things. Pretty much. Now, Kyle, I want to pose a situation to you here. Do you feel like Flores' only chance to even potentially have a shot at the points is basically to go out and win the last two races? I'm not going to go that far, Jacob. I think a couple top five finishes could get the job done for him. Though what he needs is guys like Bonsignor and Cruder to struggle. I mean, those guys are going to be towards the top of the championship, obviously, since they won the first two races. I, I don't think that Flores needs to win. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be tough if he doesn't win. But I, I think a couple top five finishes could get the job done. But, again, he needs those guys to have some bad luck. And it's possible because it happened to him. Those motors can expire in the blink of an eye. But as it stands right now, Jacob, Ryan Flores is 14th in those indoor auto racing championship standings. Wow. And Justin Bonsignor, uh actually, Bonsignor now 100 points ahead of him. So I, I think it's going to be difficult for him to get the job done. Definitely should be interesting. I mean, it's certainly a tough uh, situation for him, for sure, because uh, it's going to be really, really hard to overcome that kind of a deficit in two races against the type of competition that he's running against. You got to hope that a lot of other guys have really bad days in the next couple of days in order to make that happen. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think, you know, another couple other of those names that are up at the top, we haven't talked about Eric Rudolph yet, uh, but he had two consistent runs. He didn't win, but he had two consistent runs in the opener. He sits second in those standings. Bonsignore is at the top. Uh, Scott Cruder is third. Matthew Roselli is fourth, which is the name that we weren't talking about at all, who had two decent runs to get him up there in fourth. And then Jonathan Reed is fifth. A couple other guys towards the front there, Joey Payne, who we know can contend. Andy J, Andy Jankowiak, and another one, Jacob Ryan Priest. Priest was running in the front of Saturday's race, and he had some type of failure. Uh, he was going to restart either the outside pole or inside the second row, and he had some type of failure that forced him to go to the rear, and he still was able to drive his way back up to six. So Priest, as we know, is driving in another car that Ted Christopher had driven. Yes, exactly, and that car wrenched by family for Ryan Priest. His brother Donnie has been a big part of that car over the last couple of seasons and working with Ted Christopher. So they'll be a force. They're not out of it yet either. I know we talk about 12th or 14th and being a long way out of this uh, as being a lot, but it's not insurmountable, Kyle. And interesting that you mentioned Ryan Priest because Obviously, uh, you know, we're going to get to talking before too long about the World Series of Racing down at New Smyrna, which Priest just unveiled his car for, and it looks good. If you guys haven't seen uh, the new car to the listeners out there, you can check Priest's Twitter. Uh, it is something different, definitely something different, Jacob, than what we're accustomed to seeing uh, from him, paint scheme-wise. He's got a lot of things planned for the 2018 season, uh, among them, of course, as we know, the NASCAR Xfinity Series and the uh, NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. But before we close it out, Jacob, the next race on that Indoor Auto Racing Championship Series is the prestigious Gamblers Classic down in Atlantic City. Another one of those traditional races, Tom, that, you know, you know a lot about traditional races, those races that are staples every single year. And yes. this Gambler's Classic is just another one of them. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, all these races are really big races. I think the Gambler's Classic is the oldest of the three in terms of it's been around the longest, which makes it 
the most prestigious, I guess, in that sense, or the one with the most history. But I think as we go forward, all three of these events are going to, I think, have long histories because they draw so well and there's so much interest in the TQs and in this type of racing in the off season because it allows some of the guys to keep their skills sharp. And for the guys that race these things all the time, it's a good chance to run a few times in the winter. Yeah, and I think there's going to be a couple other NASCAR wheel and modified tour regulars that we're going to see dipping into these TQ midgets, possibly even for the Gamblers Classic. So we'll have to keep right. monitoring that. That race coming up at the end of the month, January 26th and 27th, of course, tickets still available for that. So if you're in uh, driving distance or even a flight distance to Atlantic City, I do suggest going out there. That Gamblers Classic is really something else. And not only can you enjoy some racing, but you can enjoy the scenery in Atlantic City. If you've never been there, it's really some spectacle to see. So uh, that's coming up over the next couple of weeks. Jacob, you mentioned the new Smyrna uh, Asphalt World Series of Stock Car Racing coming up as well with the NASCAR Can and Pro Series. Over the next couple of weeks, we'll talk about what's coming up uh, at New Smyrna. Of course, the short tank modifier is going to be on hand. A great field of super late models planned for that event as well. So looking forward to seeing what goes on down there in the next couple of weeks. All right. We look forward to it, Kyle. And thanks again for dropping by and visiting with us tonight on the Stock Car Show. That is Kyle Souza, Race Chaser Online's New England correspondent and a part of the area auto racing news team, as well as the NASCAR Home Tracks PR team. We'll be back with more of the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety right after this on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. 
If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm Ben Rhodes, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Ben Rhodes with a little Jim Croce bringing this back. It's the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport continues here on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Cisco Scaramuza with you talking motorsports. And, wow, we've just been all over the motorsports map tonight. I want to return to the ARCA racing series for a bit because Jacob we didn't have a chance or haven't had a chance to talk about a major change in team ownership that's taken place in the ARCA racing series this year and honestly I'm happy but I'm sad at the same time because uh Cunningham Motorsports has been a mainstay in the ARCA series championship team Certainly championship level, even when they haven't won, they've always been contenders. They have helped so many drivers get their start. And drivers who maybe didn't quite have the resources that some other drivers have had, they've really given some guys, Chase Briscoe among them, mm-hmm. an opportunity to step it up and, and prove themselves at the ARCA level. And kind of hate to see... Cunningham Motorsports go away, but at the same time, I'm happy for the the gentleman who bought the team because, A, he's been with the team for a long time, B, he's a mainstay in motorsports, and C, he's just a darn good guy. Um, good to see that uh, Chad Bryant will now be taking over that operation and has kept basically the team intact this year so good to see that the team's going to stay but just sad to see uh the cunningham name and those involved with that go away from the arca racing series after all these years yeah let's be clear the team is not going anywhere and in chad's exact words it's the same nucleus all-star group from cunningham that held this thing together for years but it is tough to watch briggs cunningham and carrie shearer exit the team ownership that was Cunningham Motorsports. It's transitioning over to Chad Bryant Racing for 2018 and beyond. They'll still have cars 22 and 77 on the grid. And we know for sure that uh, Paul Andrews will continue to be the crew chief for 2018 in some capacity. He was the team manager for Cunningham for a long time. 
Bo Lamastis is committing for the Lucas Oil 200 at Daytona next month. Uh, he's going to be driving the 77 Crosley brands forward for Bryant and for the team. And that team brought two cars to the Daytona test. So going to be very, very interesting. Uh, Joe Graff and Chad Fincham passed, I believe, the... Uh, ARCA requirements to participate at the open test. I know they were down with CBR as well. So just a new era for what was Cunningham Motorsports, which has been on ARCA's tour since 1996 and produced 40 different victories with 15 drivers, including a championship, by the way, with Chase Briscoe in 2016. I think the biggest thing about this team, whether it's Cunningham Motorsports, or I believe Chad's going to keep this going as Chad Bryant Racing, but it's always been an operation that has prided itself on grooming young drivers for the next step. You look at the list of rookies of the year that have come out of that team. Parker Kligerman, Dakota Armstrong, Alex Bowman, Kyle Weatherman. This has been a team that for years has brought drivers to the very next step, and Briggs was nothing but class as far as his comments uh, regarding the transition. Quote, I'm very pleased and happy to have Chad take over the reins and keep the team's success moving forward. He's professional, has a great worth ethic, and is extremely knowledgeable. He does so well with the kids coming up, and I'm pleased he's purchased the team because he's the right guy to carry it into the future. End quote. I mean, Yes, it's tough to see one set of ownership going away, but I feel like as we go down the road, it's going to be the same thing you're going to start seeing in NASCAR eventually, Tom, as the current team ownership gets up there in years as time passes. You'll start to see a similar transition, I believe, in the three national series as well. I mean, we we accept that these guys can't live forever as much as we'd like them to. So, so. When Rick Hendrick hits that age, will it be Jeff Gordon Motorsports or Jimmy Johnson Motorsports, or will it be just a bigger junior motorsports? <laughs> or maybe a combination of all three, perhaps? And then, you know, of course, when Richard Childress hits that age, I mean, you got Ty Dillon. Or, My, well, well, you got be, Mike first. It would be Mike Dillon Motorsports, probably, yeah. So you've, you know, you've got all all of that going but yeah it's it is interesting and it, and you're right i mean eventually there comes that point right where you know everybody needs to step away and sort of pass the torch and certainly chad bryan is the right guy to keep it going but again you know as someone who's followed the arca series and been involved with mm-hmm. it for a long time and you know we really enjoy the, the series you just hate to see a name like Cunningham go away it's yeah on the other hand another familiar name from the Arca series is coming back Frank Kimmel is unretiring well kind, kind of. of he He's is going to be a crew chief <laughs> he is going to be a crew chief at Venturini Motorsports of no all su- places well no surprise there let's be honest uh Frank ended his driving career with Venturini and well, was yeah, a driver were... coach and a spotter for a while. Well, that's true, but they were rivals for so long on the track. It's just kind know. of one of those, you know, things that you you look at and go, it's funny how things play out over time and right. Frank's working with uh is it Lanani Lanani Munter? Is that I it? Is, or is it no, it's uh is it Lanani or it, Natalie? 
No, I think it's Natalie. Natalie Decker. Yeah, I think it is Natalie. Um, working with Natalie Decker full-time uh, as, as a crew chief. And that's, you know, I think that's cool because it gives Frank an opportunity to come back and still be a part of the series that right. he basically kidnapped for about 10 yeah. or 15 years. I mean, it, it was the, the Arca, Frank Kimmel yeah. Arca Racing Series for the, a long time. The Arca time. Series was Frank yeah. Kimmel for about 15 years. Catch me if you can, um, and few could over that span. Hey. By the way, you were right the first time. He is actually calling the shots for Leilani at, it is da- Leilani. at Daytona. Okay. Yeah, so, at Daytona. But I think it it's, doesn't specify beyond that. I thought it was. See, I was thinking Natalie was involved somewhere there, but you can not sure. Well, okay. we know Natalie is going to be the full-time driver of Venturini's flagship car, the twenty-five yeah, car. This and year. I think that what I saw, I think it said something about. But I knew it was one of the uh, the ladies. And, yes, he's crew, he's know, crew chiefing Leilani for the Daytona race. I think that's really cool. And and again, you know, seeing a guy, Cisco, like Frank Kimmel, who just invested so much of his life into that series and accomplished so much on the track and as an owner and now has the opportunity to come back and kind of breathe new life into his racing involvement as a yeah. crew chief with a rival team, Cisco. I think that's pretty cool. Would you say that Frank Kimmel is the John Force for the Arca series, kind of similar figure? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. He's just not as outspoken. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, just not as outspoken. I guess it depends but... on what you mean by figure. I think the two figures are actually quite different. But, uh, yeah, I think in terms of the pres- the sort of legacy and name, yeah, it would have to be at this point uh, Frank Kimmel in the Arca series. And, you know, I, I just think it's it's neat to see when that happens, and that should be fun to watch this year. So kind of cool to see the ARCA series. Again, it just seems like you get new names involved in new situations, and that series just keeps right on plugging away and keeps right on being a series that uh, we definitely enjoy watching and, uh, you know, following and, and being a part of his media the other thing with the Arca series that uh, has been announced is a series of live events that will be on Fox Sports 1 and, and Fox two. Sports 2 this season. Eight out of the 20 Arca Racing Series events will be live on either one or two of the Fox Sports networks. Um, so that was going to be very, uh, I think that's going to be very good for the series. Of course, uh, the Daytona race starts all of that off. Yes. Yes. And, you know, that's always a big deal. But, uh, then I know, uh, Pocono is involved there. There's a bunch of them that are, that are involved and, uh, you can go to racechaseronline.com or you can go to the ARCA website and check out the information on that. So, Lots of good stuff happening for the Arca series. We're going to step aside when we come back. It will be time for the lightning round, and we'll get things finished up for this evening on what has been a very active stock car show tonight, presented by our good buds at HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. Visit them on the web at HMSMotorsport.com for all your safety needs and radio needs as well, they wanted me to point out. We'll step aside and be back on the Stock Car Show here on the Performance Motorsports Network. Excuse me. I know you have a 9 o'clock, so I'll keep this short. I'm the business suit in the back of your closet. You wore me nearly every day before your office went, quote, casual. I used to be the CEO of your closet. 
Now I'm just that one intern no one ever talks to. I always thought you'd circle back with me. Get granular. Keep me in the pipeline. But nada. Nothing. Don't you remember the McKittrick presentation? You spilled coffee on me, and I still looked amazing during the breakout talkback Q&A. So, I think it's time for me to move on. I've got a great resume, and I absolutely crush it in interviews, okay? Let's make this a clean break. Shift the paradigm. The only thing I ask is that you think outside the box here and do this. Take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create new jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Hi, I'm Spencer Davis, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport on the Performance Motorsports Network. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Cisco Scaramuza, getting things wrapped up in a bow for this evening. About uh, 15 minutes or so left, and... We continue to talk ARCA just for a moment. We have the exact details, Jacob, on which of the ARCA series races are actually on FS1 and which are on FS2. Yes. In fact, as of now, at least, there will be five ARCA races on FS1 this year. Three of the eight in the Fox family of networks will be on FS2. Two, the first three Fox races of the year all on FS1. That includes Daytona coming up on February 10th, 
Talladega coming up on April 27th. And ARCA's return to Charlotte will be on FS1 Thursday night, May 24th. The other two FS1 events will be the second Pocono race on July 27th and the June 28th event at Chicagoland Speedway, whereas FS2 will host the first Pocono Arca race on June the 1st, June 22nd at Gateway Motorsports Park, and the season finale from Kansas Speedway will be on FS2 in October. However, Kansas could end up on FS1 depending on the results of the Major League Baseball playoffs and whether the U.S. women's team qualifies for the Soccer World Cup. So in other words, if nothing more important comes up, we might move it to the one. Otherwise, it'll be on the deuce, and that'll have to do it. <laughs> it's kind of the way that plays out. But eight of the 20 scheduled races on the Fox family of networks, you ask where the other 12 are going to be? Well, we don't know yet. We don't know yet. But um, We have a guess, but we don't know yet. I mean... I would say MAV-TV until further notice. The partnership with MAV last year seemed to be really good for ARCA, and and I saw some of the coverage. Uh, MAV did a very good job with the ARCA races that they had, so if that leads to an expanded partnership this year, I'd be all for it, personally. I would definitely be all for it. I think, honestly, uh, that would be quite interesting. It would be great to see. uh, Honestly, I think the ARCA series is an interesting series to experiment with, even and it's a little, it was a little late by the time all of it kind of happened and got announced. But as we talked about, I think a week or two ago, the Fox broadcast network, the main Fox, without primetime, uh, a studio to develop primetime shows right. now. Uh, so they were talking about maybe doing more with sports, right. etc. And I think the Arca series would be interesting to see some midweek primetime shows on some of the kind of more f- action-packed tracks for them, like yeah. a Salem. Or... The, hard, the hard part for some of the teams, though, is doing t- a kind of a midweek show away from, say, a NASCAR set. A lot of their TV slots are built in with some of the NASCAR weekends, and I know especially some of the historic short track dates have their long-standing dates, not just for the series, but for the fans as well. Like, Salem's dates haven't moved in, like, 50 years. Well, it still would be interesting to see what could be done there because I do think that there is an opportunity in the right situation for a racing series to be on in prime time not necessarily over a long period of time, but, you know, a handful of shows, eight, ten shows. I mean, you know, Thursday, Thursday Night Thunder was huge, and it wasn't just because it was the 80s. I think there would be just as much demand, you know, whether it was, you know, the 90s, the 2000s. I mean, I think there'd be just as much demand now for Thursday Night Thunder for that style of a show as, the, you know, because... Honestly, it could introduce some new fans to the sport, and I really would like to see somebody step up and try to take that ball and run with it. Three words to advocate midweek racing. El Dora. Yeah, exactly. I mean, now that's obviously a kind of a niche race because there's only one of those, Cisco. But nonetheless, I think it shows that done in the right way, if it's put on a big network and really pushed, 
I think there's something to be said for it. I think it would it would find an audience if it was exciting enough to watch. And Eldora packs the stands every time that NASCAR goes yeah. there or the Kings Royal or anything. So yeah. we know Eldora can put on fantastic racing and also Eldora are syllables, not words. Yeah. Whatever. Well, I think ever. I think the the key to that would be, and again, uh, you know, I'm just being honest here. Y- you wouldn't put want to put a mile and a half track on on a midweek primetime feature special. That's nope. not what you're doing. Nope. You know, can you, we go back to VIR and do that? Well, put that on primetime. You've got to find racing where there's a lot of action that goes on. So. The Eldora race is a great example. If you're going to do a NASCAR National Series race, it should be Martinsville or Bristol. Throw the All-Star race on, you know, on a primetime night. You know, something like that. I mean, that's that's the kind of stuff where, you know, ARCA at, um, I mean, a place like Kentucky where they had that five-wide read. That's what you want. That's what's going to attract people to, to watch more, Cisco. When's All-Star qualifying this year? When are they doing that? That is, I want to say, Saturday uh, before the All-Star race, if I remember yeah, right. Yeah, it usually or, is. It usually no, is no, sorry, it's Friday. Friday night. Friday night. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, because that, even that is, you know, it's, it's a, you know, out of, you know, it's a very different qualifying format versus yeah. anything else. And I, I don't know, I, I very much enjoy the All-Star qualifying. It's, it's something different. I, I think it's something that showcases the talent of the drivers i think a lot more than qualifying nowadays i really enjoy it that's just me well you know again that's true it's it's like the gatorade i'm sorry the well the duels can-am duels now uh i'm old so i remember when gatorade was. yeah well it was uno the card game at one point then it was gatorade then I don't remember Uno. the Uno duels. There were duels. Uno duels? At, at one point, yes. And then that. it went to Budweiser, and now it's Can-Am. So. Okay, yeah. That, see, there again, those are actual race events, and I think that's that's the kind of stuff you want to showcase. A lot of action to introduce new fans to the sport. I just, I think it's a... I think it's a definite... Uh, you got to pick and choose, but I think there's, I think there's room for primetime motorsports action again. And I actually think the time is right for it because there isn't a lot of creativity anymore in primetime motors in primetime programming. Yeah. So I think something like that done well, I think would attract an audience. Yes, absolutely. By the way, for anybody who's curious, I wasn't making this up. Uno sponsored the Twin 125 qualifiers from 1981 to 1984. In fact, that was the first title sponsor in the history of the 125-mile Daytona qualifying races, followed by 7-Eleven. And then they went unsponsored for three years. Gatorade picked it up in 1991, held it through 2012, and then Budweiser, and now we've had Can-Am the last three years. Here's, the, here's a, an interesting fun fact. So Uno was a major sponsor on the Haas Ellington number one for a little while when Buddy Baker was driving it. But the fun fact is that there was actually another card game that was created by the owners of Uno that was ended up being on a car teammate to 
Buddy Baker in the Haas Ellington stable, and it was called Oh No 99. <laughs> and Tim Richmond was the driver. Oh, um, my yeah, goodness. Oh No 99. I don't know how long the card game lasted because I have I, I still hear about Uno, but Oh No 99 seems to have um, at some point sort of left the uh, the vernacular. But, uh, yeah, that game came out, and uh, wow. Tim Richmond was the sponsor. So, yeah, kind of fun. You think about sponsors back then, and, you know, it wasn't so expensive to be a NASCAR back then. And so you get a lot of these sort of different kinds of, of sponsors, a playing card sponsor seems like it would be very appropriate for the NASCAR yeah. audience, but you know, it's just hard to, for them there, those companies are not of the size right now to, to be able to be prime sponsors. 1981 and the start of 1982 was the Uno one car. Okay. Yep. And, uh, Uno 99 was in there somewhere. Uh, that car so. actually finished fourth in the Daytona 500 that year in 1981. With Buddy Baker? Yep, with Buddy. Yep. Yeah, Buddy uh, Buddy, Hoss, uh, Buddy, Donnie Allison, David Pearson were probably the three most notable yep. racers that that performed well with Haas Ellington. Buddy was with them for a little so, while. So, pop quiz. Do you know what the shining moment for the Uno 1 car was during Buddy's time driving that sponsorship I should remember because I was a big fan, but well, I'm old. <laughs> oddly so. enough... It was when they qualified on the pole for what was then the second race at Darlington, the Rebel 500 in 1982, and then the flywheel broke on lap three and they stuffed it in the fence. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think I think David Pearson got a pole with Haas at Darlington somewhere in there, too. Yeah, somewhere yeah, in there. Yeah, David, there again, you know, David was one of those drivers that didn't run a full season very often in the cup series, but boy, it didn't matter whose car he got into. He just drove the lights out of it. The and only four full seasons he ever ran. He won the championship, three of them and finished second yeah, in the fourth. There you go. So that's uh, an interesting little, you know, David, I think really one of the most under respected mm -hmm. names in NASCAR's past because yes. he got overshadowed by Richard Petty to that Only degree. because he didn't run a full right. season most of the time. And if he had, it would be scary to oh think how many races he could have yeah. won. If he'd run Richard's schedule if we, if all those years. If he'd run Richard's schedule, we'd be talking about a different oh, king of NASCAR. my gosh. How many was it at one point? Was it 110, 120 or something like that? What? Or what was it? Or no, it was 60 I was thinking of. Oh. For six. what? Races that he ran in a year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think the season at one point was 60, 60 oh, yeah. races, we, we something ran, like that. You know, there were a lot of dirt shows yeah. and things like that. The, it tracks where they didn't have full fields, yeah. you know, like that. You mentioned the poll that Pearson won with Haas Ellington. Talladega, 1980, finished third There we go. That so that, that preceded Buddy Baker's time. Because Buddy, correct. in 1980, would have yep. been driving the... Rainier Racing Grey Ghost. That's right. He won the Daytona, won the Daytona 500, 500 in 1980. Fastest speed in history to this day. Yep, absolutely. Definitely uh, a great time, Cisco, to be a NASCAR fan. And I just feel so blessed to have grown up in that area and watched all those guys race as a kid. That would, that As a wide-eyed kid, that was just very impressive. And to connect it back to a small news item, the Grey Ghost, of course. Junior brought that back to run that as a throwback. Junior, by the way going to be starting his anchoring on NBC Sports at the Olympics and at the Super Bowl. That's right. Yes. They're sending him to the Olympics. This should be interesting. I just want to hear him call curling. That's all he's I not want. Gonna, not curling, he's but doing... he is, he's going to be involved in the speed skating and the bobsleds. Thank yeah, you, and Jeff Bodine. He also has committed 
and I don't know who the gentleman is. I just saw it in Junior's Twitter feed a, a few days ago. He's committed to get into a bobsled at Lake Placid. And Absolutely. Yeah. Junior. Now, I don't think it's going to be part of the Olympics stuff. He's I, just going to go to this buddy's. No, I, th- I think they are taping uh, a portion of that to be used at some point. Oh, I don't the know. Maybe they are. But I didn't see that. But let's there. keep in mind who's a big part of the U.S. bobsled team. I mean, it, it's Bodine bobsled. Jeff Bodine, Jeff, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sure Help Jeff did not have to talk to Junior very long to make that happen. Yeah, I'm, I, you know, and I don't know that Jeff had anything to do with it, but it's. Uh, I think he'll enjoy the results. Yes, he will. And with that, we're going to throw a checkered flag on this edition of the Stock Car Show. Thanks to Mike Garrity, Megan Kolb, our social media partners at Three Wide Life, as well as Bob Steele, Susan Mason, Bill Holt behind the glass, and the folks at PMN that keep us on the air every Thursday night. So for Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza, and all the rest of our cast, I'm Jacob Seumann saying a special thanks to our guests tonight, including Sam Mayer, Mason Mitchell, Blaine Perkins, and Ryan Repko. We'll see you back here next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern time on PMN. Until then, keep it off the wall and have a safe racing weekend, folks. Good night. You've been listening to the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. The Stock Car Show is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network. www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated. And may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section on the PMN website. The opinions expressed on the program are those of the host, co-host, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the Stock Car Show returns on Thursday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, stay tuned for more great motorsports programming on the Performance Motorsports Network.